0: grumpiness and irritability we know that that's contagious like that's an emotional contagion you know you're likely to catch that person's mood and bad moods unfortunately are more catching than good moods welcome everybody to the podcast relationships let's talk about it I'm Privil Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome everybody to this episode of grumpiness, irritability, and defensiveness. This is another episode in the pandemic series that my wife Ivana Rainbow and I have been having conversations on. Some of those behaviors have showed up in our relationship this week and in the past so we wanted to share how we have handled that to help you move and navigate some of that that I'm imagining is coming up for you whether it has been coming up recently or in your past. And before we get on to the conversation there's a few things that I would like to put out to you. I would love to answer a relationship question that you have. So if you do have one, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com, click on the podcast page and scroll down, and you can click on the button there to leave a voice message relationship question that I may answer on a future podcast. And especially now, It's great for you to see what's going on in your relationships to get some thoughts that I would like to share either by myself or together with my wife on a future podcast. So don't be shy. Also, uh, first time I'm announcing this, as you all know, I am a therapist and a counselor. And because of this COVID-19 pandemic, I'm no longer doing in-person sessions. So I'm doing sessions online and by phone. So if you'd like to inquire into that service, you can contact me at heartsharecounseling.com. And I'd like to thank a few people who have recently donated to my podcast. I would like to thank Faye in Colorado and Anna in Washington. And also my man Jonathan in North Carolina. Thank you so much for donating to my podcast. And during the past year and a half, I have produced over 85 podcast episodes, and it gives me great joy and inspiration knowing that you are listening and possibly benefiting from the content. I spend a lot of money out of pocket each month to produce weekly podcasts with the help of a professional team of editors, which deliver what I believe is an exceptional sound quality, taking out all my heavy breathing, my pauses, my mistakes, my hiccups, my fuck ups, and fine tuning delivery, a smooth sound for your listening pleasure. And there is also an excellent written preview of show notes of each episode content. So if you feel that my podcast have been of value to you to enhance your relationships, I would greatly appreciate if you would consider a reoccurring monthly donation of five or $10 Or if you would rather give a one-time donation, I would be very grateful also. And I appreciate how many of you are sharing my podcast on social media. And I would like to ask your support in continuing to share my podcast widely. Because especially in these times, I think it is going to be our relationships that are going to help us move through this challenging experience that we're all having. So if you're inclined to help in this way, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com and click on support the podcast page. And there is also links in the show notes for you to get there. Okay, everybody, here we go. Enjoy this conversation that I have with my wife, Ivana Rainbow. Grumpiness, irritability, and defensiveness. Let's talk about it. Okay, here we go again, babe. Thanks for wanting to do another episode with me in this pandemic series on grumpiness and crankiness and dealing with irritability.
1: Mm -hmm. We did have some of that this past week here. We did?
0: Really? Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's showing up also in some of my client work. I am now doing uh, my client work online, video, and phone not doing any in-person sessions, and that's showing up with couples. And I think that's some of the reason is it's been now a few weeks for people, three weeks now, that people have been stayed home and quarantined, and some of the novelty is starting to wear off. Probably they had enough card games and board games and movies, and it's getting a little bit crunchy.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like each week for us have had different theme and energy.
0: Yeah, and I think some of it has to do with, of course, when there's um, unspoken stress, more anxiety in people's lives. And so underneath that is the challenge with not dealing with some of the reasons behind some of the irritability of dealing with stress and other things. And sometimes with relationships, when you don't have good communication and you don't have clear communication, you don't have a good feedback loop, then people are holding and holding things down and suppressing. And then the irritation just comes out and it comes out hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seeps out.
0: Mm -hmm. So this week it was interesting, something that usually doesn't happen. You got a little bit grumpy there. You hardly ever get grumpy.
1: No. Grumpy is not really in my personal vocabulary for myself. <laughs> but these past weeks have been so unusual, so I got to admit I was grumpy over the weekend.
0: Mm. Yeah. How did that how did that show up? How did you know that you were grumpy?
1: Mm. Yeah, how did I know I was grumpy? Hmm.
0: Did I tell you? <laughs>
1: No, no, I didn't. I admitted it myself. Mm-hmm. I put words on. I say, "Ew," I, I feel funky. I think this is grumpy. Yeah, I am grumpy.
0: Yeah, you were a little bit short. You weren't making a lot of eye contact with me. A lot of things were bothering you.
1: Mm-hmm. I was avoiding you. I was quiet, but then I was also now and then just spewing out. Mm -hmm. A little sharpness here and there. Mostly for myself. But I knew it was kind of some poison spewed into the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To show my annoyance.
0: And that's one thing that's interesting about, like you said, spewed in the air. Now we, you know, everybody's studying the coronavirus and the contagiousness of it. But grumpiness and irritability, we know that that's contagious. Like that's an emotional contagion you know, you're likely to catch that person's mood. And bad moods, unfortunately, are more catching than good moods.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There's really a lot we can catch around other people.
0: And luckily, I didn't catch yours. I thought I handled your mood, your grumpy mood, really well. Did I? I mean, did I? Did yes. I? Did I?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was really impressed. You stayed calm and centered. You just stayed in your own mood or I, I, yeah. well-being, your yeah. own well-being.
0: I've been taking care of my well-being. I'm on a on a good focus with my self-care. I think some of that is, and I, I mentioned this to you, is uh, folks, I usually have a two-hour commute, a one-hour commute to the office. I live an hour away from my office and a one-hour commute back. I'm not doing that. My body is registering the world differently. For 17 years, at least four days a week, I had a two-hour commute. So my body is, is loving not being in the car that much. So I have a different groundedness about me. So I'm able to not wake up so early. I'm getting better sleep. I'm getting up and meditating regularly. And that feels really good because I used to have a, a very steady, consistent meditation practice. And in these past years, that's been a little erratic. And so now that feels back. I'm also taking care of myself with real good exercise and I'm really disciplined on that. Uh, my body, Yes,
1: you're very disciplined.
0: My body feels good. I've lost 20 pounds, folks, and ooh, maybe about eight months ago.
1: Yeah, you look amazing.
0: I feel good, lean and trim. And so I think taking care of myself in that way, enabled me to stay balanced when you got caught off guard with some crankiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I was really grateful that you're taking good care of yourself so that you could um, just be supported by just being you and buffer my moods and that. And you were inquiring into me and asking you were interested because it was unusual for me to be cranky so you're asking me what do you think this is about
0: yeah the one thing that i didn't say that i i would not advise people to say i didn't call that you were grumpy or that you were cranky i just i I think i said something effective i see that you're a little bit off you know can you tell me what you're noticing that's bothering you right now and wasn't accusatory I wasn't judgmental. I was curious. I wanted to know.
1: That's exactly what I liked. You were genuinely curious to hear what was going on for me. So I felt cared for. I felt you were interested. And I could also see on you, you were not really wanting to go down that rabbit hole with me.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go with you. I wanted to witness what was going on with you, but I was pretty steady and feeling resourceful that I wasn't going to get caught in it and I think that's what happens with people that they get caught in it like you know this defensive back and forth when one person is irritable and says something the other person says it right back a boomerang back you know an accusatory comment can just spoo and we've had a lot of well-being between us in these weeks and months and years and I think that that really helps so much of that foundation the, the more connection enables some of the anomalies to come out. And I know that that irritability or grumpiness and defensiveness sometimes for other people is a normality. Mm-hmm. There are people yeah. that grow up in, in that. I, I had that for years of growing up in, in my household too. There was irritability and there was some grumpiness. And I was a moody kid. Uh, I caught it. And uh, boy, it wasn't fun being moody, Uh, you know, being around parents that were not getting along and getting ready to divorce. I was 12 years old when they got divorced. There was a lot of irritability and defensiveness and some conflict and I caught that. I caught with uh, my bad moods.
1: Mm. And I bet you were a sensitive child. Mm. So picking up on on their quarrels and and things leading up to the divorce.
0: Yeah. So your parents know that also really watching the mm, the barometer around the house and i know it's really challenging right now because the one thing about what's going on for us is we have no idea when this is going to end you know it's it that there's an anxiousness and a worry and we feel out of control and we can flare up fast and there is tension in the air and when there's tension in the air in your families there is going to be grumpiness and crankiness and i'm sure Parents, you know, couples that have kids and young kids, they are getting more cranky. They're not going out. They don't have play dates, all kinds of things, trying to entertain their kids. Um, kids get grumpy anyway, you know, just because they don't know how to regulate their, their moods as much as, you know, conscious adults do. And, you know, we give kids a little more slack for it, but I mean, they're off of their schedule. I know talking to some couples, their kids are more irritable because they're off of schedule. And sleep is huge. How's your sleep been going?
1: My sleep? Well, um, actually, this past week here, it has been good. The other two weeks, it was a bit more erratic up and down because I was anxious about adjusting to this pandemic. But now I seem to have adjusted more into it, and therefore my sleep pattern is fine.
0: When you were grumpy over the weekend, do you remember how your sleep was?
1: Mm, yeah, the sleep was fine, actually. Well, Yeah.
0: Because usually that's a correlation. When we don't get enough sleep and our resting heart rate is not low when it's higher because we're not getting enough sleep, then we're going to be more apt to flare up. Our heart rate variance is going to be lower. Our resting heart rate is going to be higher. There's going to be more physiological aspects for us to not feel that recovery I've been putting a lot of focus thanks to my son and I'm going to plug it my whoop my whoop band people that don't know what whoop is w-h-o-o-p it's a way to to regulate or monitor not regulate monitor your recovery with sleep patterns with strain and workouts and all kinds of things so I've been really monitoring my sleep well and trying to get good recovery
1: well, actually, as I think about it right now, I do realize that I stayed up way too mm, late Friday night. Yeah, that's what You're that, right. Because yeah. I actually came home from town a little later than I had anticipated. And we had dinner at 9 o'clock and we got on tour late evening and I think I was hanging out actually till 1 o'clock. That's why I was more grumpy Saturday morning because I had something to do in the later part of the morning, so I had to get out of bed.
0: Yeah. And when I inquired more into about your irritability, then we uncovered more of the reason. And I think it is good for people to ask, you know, the other person simply ask what they're upset about. Because hopefully you felt my interest.
1: Mm -hmm. It felt really good that you asked and inquired uh, why I was feeling like I was feeling so. And um, you kept inquiring, so we got to the core of it that I felt unappreciated, Mm -hmm. I realized. I had been um, organizing for my neighborhoods. We have four neighborhoods out here. So I've been offering to order some uh, face masks from a designer who was making them out of uh, cotton in uh, Asheville. And I put out the message to the neighbors and I thought, oh, it was just a little easy thing to do. And then then it grew and and over two weeks uh, I had orders for 65 face masks. So I had a little coordination to do there and driving into town a couple of times picking them up and then delivering and dealing with payments and all that so it became a little more in all that and I know everyone was busy and all that but all of a sudden there Saturday morning I woke up and I had delivered face masks and I felt like hmm, did I actually get any thank yous from people? Mm. I woke up realizing that and felt hmm maybe a little bit like just short thank yous or so, but I didn't feel so appreciated. Yeah, And, they and didn't, it just started growing on me. This.
0: They didn't really realize what went into all that you were doing. There was a lot of coordination because people were constantly adding to their orders and there were shipments to be made to relatives and how to get the payment. So I don't think people really realized that you were doing this all out of your desire to help. Mm-hmm. So you usually don't feel, you usually don't feel underappreciated. And I think that that's something new. And man, I'm glad that it wasn't me that didn't appreciate <laughs> uh, I appreciate you. I'm glad that that wasn't coming from me.
1: Yeah, that's true. You're really good at appreciating me. Mm. And in this case here and, and at this time here, I also think, you know, people were just so busy with, getting information and preparing all kinds of things and quickly running to town for things or, or, or whatever, you know, and worried. So they were pretty preoccupied. So I do understand that there was not so much thinking about uh, giving me a little extra think. So I totally understand that. And I think under other circumstances, It would have been no big deal for me, but I had been waiting around in town for two hours because the masks weren't ready, and it was kind of ghost town Mm. in there, and all parks are closed, but luckily I knew about one park that was open because it's not really a park, so I could walk around there along the river, and that helped me, but still, I was just waiting and waiting, and it was dinner time, and
0: yeah, And I think that was one thing that was surprising to you because one way that you do well with your self-care is when you take a walk out of nature and you tried that um, and it didn't really work so well for you. And that's one thing that is usually your go-to is when you're feeling any kind of offness. You know, you especially even say to me, when I'm being off, when I'm probably being grumpy or irritable, you ask for a walk. Do I want to go for a walk? We have a beautiful nature around where we live. And that generally always helps in many ways.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel just ten minutes of walking under the blue sky or whatever sky actually clears my mind and makes me feel better. But mm. this this weekend here, it didn't really um, do enough for me.
0: Mm. Well, I think you had a right. You know, I, I let you have your your crankiness because again, it's not a mainstay for you whatsoever. So I, I think that you had your right to feel what you were feeling. But you got out of it pretty, I think, pretty quick. I mean, it wasn't days and days and days, and, and you didn't spoo and shoot out on me. And even though I know that you weren't as oh, kind and present and joyful as you usually are, I didn't take it personal. And I think that's one thing, folks, is, is not to take your, your partner's bad mood personal same thing with parents you know don't take your kids bad mood personal because if you do that you're not going to be available to them when they do want to maybe vent or tell you really what's going on and then it will be contagious if you take it personal it sure will be
1: yeah so if someone in the family do have a bad mood it's like take care of your own needs can you um make some distance to that person right now and go for a walk or go into another room, listen to some music.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's a mantra to say that you can't control your partner's mood. However, I think that you can influence it. You know, there are strategies that can increase some of the aspect to to improve. Being kind to your partner when they are moody, even though that might be challenging. One thing that that I use a lot is humor, you know, and... I think that that's that's just a wonderful way, you know, not a sarcastic humor, not a poking humor, but some humor that can really get out of that helps me when I'm in a moody, in a bad mood. When you are humorous with me, boy, that is so helpful.
1: Mm, Yeah. (laughs) That's a good tool. And I'm usually not a fun, jokey, humorous person.
0: No, no, you're not.
1: But, um, I I can sometimes come up with something mm-hmm. tease you a little bit or so.
0: Yeah, and I welcome that because I want more of that from you in our life. And so it is a good time when you know that I'm that you bring that out when I'm in a bad mood, that you bring that out in a good, gentle way, and and then I can start working the emotional ladder up and start bantering and playing back and forth with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually fun looking for creative ways that i can be fun and humorous to elevate your mood Mm. and bring you up
0: i think that's a great way with parents i used to do that a lot with xander when he was in a grumpy mood i'd just be silly i'd play like clown roles and and just be really silly with him and put a lot of humor and as you know like there's a part when A kid, even uh, an adult, when they start to laugh and get out of the mood, part of them still doesn't want to get out of the mood. And so they quickly go back to being grumpy or being angry, but they know that they really can't be that way because the humor is taking over. That's when you know you cracked it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And you know, I do think that the partner that is witnessing their other partner being grumpy or cranky or irritable there's a lot to be said to just let them have their experience you know to to distance yourself at times not in a defensive way or a judgmental way but just go ahead and distance let them have their space it's going to pass uh let them go through it
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah usually it will pass
0: you do that well with me yeah what, what do I get grumpy about
1: money <laughs> And paying paying bills.
0: I get grumpy about money. I like money. The worry. Uh, Worry about money and bills. Ah, yeah. That's why
1: you get moody, grumpy.
0: Yeah, I think when I'm trying to figure it out and trying to make things work at times and having a, a son going to school overseas and making sure he has the things that he needs and run the business and the practice. Yeah, I think that could be it. I'm wondering also, you know, I've told you many times that how much, and you know this, how much I get so much meaning out of my work that I do as a a therapist and a counselor. And yet there is an aspect of it that I'm not a witness of joy all day long. I'm a witness of conflict, of pain, of depression, of uh, anxiety, turmoil. Sure, there's triumphs that uh, I'm witness of and I help people shift and move and good transformation when people can reconcile and connect in relationships, but that's a process in that. So I'm wondering at times how much of that, even though I feel I'm really good at taking care of myself and putting boundaries around that, making sure that my personal life and self-care is up to par. But I might catch some of that at some times unconsciously. And I might you know have some of the transference of uh, irritability, perhaps from just my work. do you do you see that at all?
1: Oh, yes, I do understand that, and no. I have compassion for you mm. for that. And yeah, I definitely make a point out of um, talking with you about your day, your moods, how you're feeling, when you come home from work and uh, listening to you so you can talk about your feelings and thoughts and all that so because you have been listening to other people all day mm-hmm. so i know i got to give you that that when you come home i'm going to listen to you and ask questions and inquire yeah and another thing i do is i mean we always have a long big hug mm. and then i'll go over and massage your shoulders a little bit bit from behind, and, and sometimes if all that doesn't totally help, then I know it's time for some appreciations for you.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really helps and moves some of that spiraling energy to be uplifted and feel really connected and expansive, and it feels so good that we're doing that. And we're doing more of that as part of our routine here being um, in the quarantine stage right now of before we go to bed, we're making more focused effort to exchange that with each other of through the day and for the week, more real-time appreciations. Even though we've done that throughout our relationship, it's become more of a routine than, than usual.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels really good lying in bed and giving like three appreciations to each other about the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it seemed like there's time right now here. We we need more of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we made a conscious deal to do that now yeah. before we go to bed.
0: Yeah. And there were times that we were doing it last week. So that could have been part of it this past week uh, weekend because we didn't do it. I remember the last time that we did it was last week where we did our 15 minutes a piece on the sofa before we went to bed. And I don't think we did it over the weekend.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. We let it slack.
0: Yeah, but I think self awareness is so important to combat uh, irritability and grumpiness. And some people they become irritable after hours and hours of days that have stress and anxiety, but uh, they don't maintain the awareness of the emotions that can a- actually help them stop their irritability before it becomes overwhelming and. A- unavoidable because the overwhelming part, the flooded part, is then where it gets out of hand. And that's where defensiveness comes back and forth. People get emotionally flooded. Um, men usually get flooded faster than women. And I think women probably experience that. Man kind of shuts down and maybe stonewalls. And that's because he's emotionally flooded. And so a lot of times people don't register that they're getting emotionally flooded. And it happens in, you know, aspects of people's heartbeats really raise. You know, I I was uh, doing some research that it actually shows that when people are emotionally flooded, their heartbeats actually can increase 10 to 30 beats in between a heartbeat. Like that's a huge flare up because an average man of 30 years old, his heartbeat per minute is about 72 a woman of the same age is about 80. So if it flares up between the heartbeats like that, then it can get 100 beats per minute or even 165 as high as that. When we're being hijacked like that emotionally, physiologically, we cannot have resourceful and grounded and rational thinking process.
1: Well, that is crazy, a lot heart beating there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And a lot of people don't register that that's happening. They just get get caught up in it and their emotions then take over. And that's where a lot of defensiveness starts to happen with irritability. So one is really being aware that your body is getting flared up, pausing. We do that pretty well. I like that. We really worked on that part. When we know that we're flaring, that we pause. One of us pauses or say, I need to take a pause. Sometimes we even say, hey, let's take a breath right here, not right now. And it stops the back and forth because we're trying to regulate our our system, our physical system. Because anger and shortness, irritability, it happens in the contraction of the body. And so we have to recognize when our body is being contracted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that contractive feeling there. It's so unpleasant. I definitely had some of that over the weekend. It's almost like there's a energetic flow that's cut off from the heart mm. and i feel disconnected yeah and almost frozen or not really in the now
0: and that's probably what is happening you know there is that aspect of the heart intelligence when the heart intelligence using the heart as an oscillator to calm the parasympathetic nervous system which is the relaxation part of our autonomic nervous system, the heart has a lot to do with that. So when we're intentionally bringing that oscillator to put out good hormones of oxytocin and good dopamine that actually brings down, that brings down the sympathetic reaction, that really helps us to not react.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt cut off from my heart.
0: That's that's a simple way to put it, right? (laughs) Mine mine was pretty complicated and pretty uh, scientific, but you just said just being cut off from your heart. I like that.
1: Yeah, and then I found myself just uh, up in my head a bit judgmental Hmm. and going on that spiral there, and that didn't feel so good. So we got out in the garden, and I dug around with my spade for a while and that help getting some energy out that way.
0: Mm -hmm. Hey, do you remember about, I don't know, maybe about a year ago where I, I did not control my, let's say, nervous system, my irritability and my grumpiness when we were taking a walk on the road and I was just expressing to you about things that were going on for me. I think I was talking a lot about podcast and other things, and you felt that I was just monopolizing the whole walk.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I am beginning to remember more and more about that walk, because you were talking and talking, (laughs) and you were going from one subject to the other.
0: I was excited. Some of
1: it was podcast ideas, Hmm. and then there was other stuff as well, and you were going on and on in a flow and we were walking and walking and we walked for half an hour along the road there and there was no opening for me to jump into the conversation and, you know, I was like, oh, well, you obviously need to talk so I was letting you talk and talk but then after half an hour it was just too much.
0: I wasn't tuned into you at all. Like I I think you had some things going on earlier something that was emotionally challenging to you. And I didn't even check in with you. I didn't even, I wasn't tuned in at all. And I remember you you got upset about that.
1: Yeah, it was actually quite unusual for you this year that you could just went on and on and on.
0: Yeah, and I became defensive. And I remember that. And because I think you said something about that I was, maybe rude or selfish or or something. And I could not take that in. Like I, that was too painful for me to even entertain. I didn't want to see myself in that light of being that kind of partner, which I was being at the time.
1: Yeah, I remember I was saying, I have noticed that you have been talking on and on and on for the past half an hour. And when is it going to be my turn?
0: And I think you also want an apology, which... I wasn't grounded to give you an apology and it came out with a high-pitched, what th- of course I'm giving you an apology right now. I said I'm sorry. And with that high-pitched, you knew that it wasn't at all a was sincere es- apology. It was
1: escalating right. in another direction than I had hoped. And yeah. I was really surprised and shocked of your reaction and you were not listening to me at all and you couldn't see my point that uh, I had not been talking and you had not listened to me and we really got into a fight along the road there. And at some point we split up and walked in each our own directions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah we did. And that flare up, I did not recognize all the things that I'm saying right now about my physiological system. I wasn't at all pausing and really being curious of your world and um, even admitting and uh, giving space to what you were saying that was credible and that's a recipe folks right that's a recipe for disaster and many of you probably think yep that happens that's that's what happens in a lot of the couples that i see that's that's a weekly occurrence that happens and so i just want to put that to attention especially now you know that people are are in that heightened stage and if you don't have this awareness this self-awareness around your irritability or giving space to your partner and that back and forth of defensive boomerangs it is just going to continue to 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 escalate and it's going to spiral into a lot of negativity that is contagious
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i imagine that can really happen right now with this pandemic here because it happened for us i mean it happened for us a year ago on that walk there and i was really shocked and and it was kind of i mean it could have been fun in a movie this Mm. because we were walking back and forth on the road and so we were splitting up and then we were coming back together and then we were standing there and discussing and quarreling for a while and then we split up and walked in each own directions again and then we came back and you were trying to explain yourself and uh, you wouldn't really listen to me you just kept defending yourself
0: Yeah. That is the thing, right? With defensiveness of just explaining and not giving you the space. Because I didn't really allow myself to feel, again, that pain of what perhaps I was contributing or causing. I didn't want to see myself in, in that light, so I was defending myself. And that is one of the, as John Gottman says, the couples researcher, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Defensiveness is a is one of the things that can really bring strife to a relationship and studies show that the more that you have that along with contempt and criticism, that that could be the demise of a relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were not at all acknowledging me. Had you just (laughs) acknowledged me right when I was putting this to your attention that I had not been speaking and you were just unloading on me and had you just acknowledged that, oh wow, yeah gosh, you're right. I have not let you speak, but you did not acknowledge it and you went right into defending and then I got upset and then it went into fighting.
0: A lot of my clients are listening and going, Prepo, you tell us to acknowledge. Yeah, that's true. That's what I didn't do. And I do that more often than not. So of course, I'm not, there's not perfection here, but that is, that's an example of when acknowledgement would have gone a long way. But I was hijacked. I was emotionally flooded and I didn't know when to really step aside and not come back and flare up because that's what we did. We kept coming back way too soon because we thought I thought I was down. I thought my system was down, but it wasn't. There's a hormone that, that can stay in the body like that, that kind of negative hormone, the cortisol aspect of 20 minutes. And so it's not good to... To light that match faster.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you did come back too fast. It was like five or ten minutes mm. and you were not at all calmed down. Yeah. yeah. It was like and we were even walking in nature and and we were really flared up. And we learned a lot from that fight on the road there.
0: Yeah, we did because that was that was such a discourse and those of you that have that more regularly know how challenging it is to come back to that and that separation. And we decided that we would, that that's not what we wanted in in our relationship, that kind of strife. So we've really learned to nib it in the butt faster to really recognize when it's going back and forth faster to to be able to let go of that disagreement, come back when we're more regulated, to do the acknowledgement, to be able to validate each other's uh, experience, to do the apologies, the deep apologies when they're needed.
1: Mm -hmm. And it took some time to repair this one walk there. Mm. It did. And so we calmed down, we stopped talking about it, and we walked home, and then we talked about, okay, so when shall we actually talk about this from a calm point of view? And over a couple of days, we had small conversations about it in a more calm space.
0: Incidents like that, it erodes trust from the relationship it really deeply erodes the trust. So I'm glad that I have in the past really deeply apologized about my behavior in that way. And I I guess like I'm getting a little activated when we're bringing it back up and I just want to look at you and just really say that, yeah, I am deeply sorry for the way that I responded, the way that I actually didn't respond, the way that I reacted, Um, not giving you at all the acknowledgement and the understanding to really understand how hurt you were. And I brought in my hurt instead of making space for yours. So I just want to say again, and that was so wrong of me. And uh, I imagine that you, that you felt so mm, disrespected and hurt and uh, of course, irritated and angry, but also deeply disappointed and disconnected and in some way maybe even betrayed that I took away you know that part of uh, of our relationship and and those moments of flaring up the way I did
1: Mm. wow that's really nice to hear apology now again it's like wow I didn't even realize that I needed to hear this apology again and I I can feel how I'm I'm sitting here and us talking about that story that I do feel my heart is beating faster and it's like uh, being activated again and that was a year ago and uh, yeah suddenly I'm feeling those feelings again so it's it's really nice sweet surprise that that you are apologizing to me right now that yeah. feels really good
0: yeah, I know that there was a real deep apology. I think there were a couple of them, you know, over the last year about that. But just feeling it again, talking about it, I wanted to just express again that layer. I think it also helped that I was talking about apologies to uh, two of to my couple clients today. And that's an advantage that I have in my daily work of putting that attention that I give to other people on ways to move through some of their conflict and discourse that I got to remember Come on, people, man, bring your ass home and do what you say that you tell people that would be beneficial. Are you doing it? So I think that was up for me today to to go ahead and uh, just give that to you right now in just this this form. You know, I mean, I didn't feel the deep remorse that I have felt in the past because, you know, I have felt the impact that I had of you. But um, I want you to feel safe around me that, you know, that I am gonna take uh, accountability and responsibility and over and over again when it comes up that I'm not gonna just throw it underneath the rug. And so I think like this kind of exchange that we just had, to me, that's what builds the trust and, and it's easier to let go of grumpiness and irritability or defensiveness when you have more good experiences of repair and presence and attention to acknowledgement of our feelings
1: mm-hmm. yeah i do gotta say that that the repair brings the safety back because i did have resentment to you we worked on the repair over several days yeah. and it wasn't consecutive days necessarily so we came back to it after a while like a month and some months later. So it was like bits and pieces working on it. And the repair, their apologies. Ooh, that is so good repair. And just apologizing once is not enough. Mm -hmm. And just you apologizing right now, I can just, I feel something fall into place inside of me. And it just, really took me by surprise that you apologized to me right now and I feel these good feelings wave over me hmm. so thank you so much
0: yeah I didn't know that was going to come up on this podcast <laughs> so I hope you didn't get bored about that people I hope in some way that uh, uh, was beneficial to you but I'm glad another layer another layer is uh, moved because I don't want to play those games I don't want to I don't want to keep that going back and forth between us, you know? Yeah, that game playing, you know, people, gosh, this, this song from the early 70s is coming, coming up to me. It's, a uh, games people play, night or day, they're just not matching. What they should do keeps me feeling blue. <laughs> Been <laughs> down too long, right, wrong. I just can't stop it. It's from the Spinners. I used to love that song, so that just came in my mind about playing games, and I don't want to. I don't want to play games with you, so I want it to be straight.
1: Thanks, lovey. Mm. That reminds me about yesterday.
0: <laughs> uh oh, there
1: was? was some kind of game going on. There was. Oh, yeah, man. we were gonna record this podcast yesterday.
0: Yeah, we were. And then. We were going to record, the podcast was only going to be on defensiveness. I had this straight focus that I wanted people to get a lot out of this next episode, and the focus was going to be on defensiveness, because I think that that's what's happened a lot in people's lives right now.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and it was not really resonating for me at all, and then I had this other idea about what our podcast should be about. I, I really thought it should be about what we had experienced during the week. And that was resonating for me. And I was wanting to move the podcast in that direction. And you were like, no, that's too early. Uh, We can maybe do it in a week or two, your idea there. And it just didn't resonate for you. And I was like feeling shut down because it so resonated for me.
0: I think we were getting defensive talking about, defensiveness (laughs) defensiveness
1: <laughs> yes exactly i was defending my idea right. and you were defending your defensive idea yeah.
0: so i ended up uh saying you know what you don't have the energy for it you don't have the juice for it i do i'm going to do a monologue you can come in a little bit at the end so you said fine you know and i we went back and forth a little bit i was like are you sure you're okay with that yeah i'm fine with it and you walked downstairs and folks i spent like an hour and a half trying to do a monologue and it it was really shitty. It was coming out all broken up. There wasn't a flow to it. And uh, I came downstairs and told you. And
1: and we sat and listened to what you had recorded. Oof, oof.
0: And You're, I
1: was like, gosh, Prebo, this is so flat and so boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you were right. It was. And I realized, like, wow, you know, it is good to kind of just have this kind of conversation and talk about what was coming up. Yeah, like grumpiness and crankiness and irritability that also has some defensiveness in it, but do it more, get away from what my my focused. what do I want to call it? I was just so fixated on what I thought that uh, we should do.
1: Mm-hmm. It felt so good when you did realize, ew, this is too flat and boring. You're so right. What a boring one, look. And you have realized... This doesn't work. We got to do something else. And we both compromised.
0: And I said, honey, you just might be right.
1: Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You did.
0: People, you were really, if you would have heard that, you would probably shut me down. Yeah. So I'm glad. And so I really want to thank you for staying with me. And you weren't accusatory and you weren't hard on me about it. And it was a good process. So that was really interesting of going through that process of getting defensive talking about defensiveness, coming out of it, and hopefully this podcast that we're doing is more beneficial and people are getting something out of it and disclosing our process.
1: Mm -hmm. I just thought it would be much more alive to talk about our week and what have come up for us during this week. I thought the grumpiness and stuff was vibrant Mm -hmm. and that it must have relation to other people too at this time.
0: So, what was that? What did you call it? Is that my Capricorn rising thinking around having to do it?
1: Goal oriented. Is
0: that what it is? Mm-hmm. So, so, I can blame it on that? Yeah, you can. I can put it on <laughs> that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we do finish, I do want to say something because I do think it's important just around like irritability and crankiness and grumpiness. There can be a valid, rational. A reasoning to some people, there are aspects of people having depression or even other mood disorders like bipolar. So I want to give the seriousness for people to, to recognize that chronic irritability can also be some underlying mood disorders. It could also even be around chronic pain. When people are physically in chronic pain, I know when I have been thrown out of back and so forth, I'm in a really shitty mood. I am cranky. I am irritable. That could be part of it also. And of course, when people are hungry and angry, right, that hangry part that we're not taking care of ourselves and our blood glucose is is really low that we need to take care of ourselves and get some food and so forth. So there are some underlying things to take serious around irritability
1: there you go mr Capricorn <laughs> what? you got your facts in
0: there we go that's right I feel good about that i got some of my facts in for people give them some information it balances my um cancer my my son and cancer where I'm a feeling I'm, I'm with my moods and my emotions so I gotta balance it with some of my my facts that uh, some people want that
1: and where we are going to round off with a movie we watched this
0: Yeah, I think that would be really good because I think that really uplifted us around getting us into a different state. And I know people are sequestered in their homes and maybe they do this regularly around watching TV shows or movies and so forth. But my offering to you is to really be conscious of what it is that you're watching. Moods are contagious. Irritability and grumpiness are contagious, as we talked about. So watch what it is that you're watching. You can catch that. You know, watching violent movies and, and challenging movies from an emotional standpoint can leave us in a certain state. So I think there's times where you and I check in and we know that we need emotionally to be uplifted. And we will select movies that are good, feel-good movies in, in some way. And we especially needed that over the weekend. And we chose a movie called About Time. That is one of my favorite movies. I think I've seen that movie like a dozen times. It stars Domin Hall Gleason and Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy, and it's about a young man that has the ability to time travel and to change his past in in hopes of uh, improving his future. And it's a really, really sweet movie that has a wonderful message, and it was one of my son's favorite movies when i when i showed it to him and that really won my heart when i played it for xander some years ago and he was so touched by it and said to me wow dad like the world needs to see this because it's really about being present in your life and really showing up and being appreciative of what you had so i'd highly recommend that movie so how was that for you when when you saw that
1: Mm, yeah it definitely shifted me out of the mood I was in and uh, rebalanced me. It's such a sweet, heartwarming family movie. And I see you as the dad in it, and I see Xander as a son, and I even see me as the mom. Hmm. She's the one that looks like, what's that artist's name? Andy Warhol.
0: Yeah, but you don't look like Andy Warhol. but yeah.
1: No, <laughs> but I don't wear makeup. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And she's also a bit like just doing her own thing and Yeah. But very adamant about tea time and so I recognize some things with myself there with her.
0: It's in England and it's charming, yeah.
1: Yeah. And the father and son playing ping pong and Mm -hmm. time traveling, both of them. And
0: I think one thing that we realized too, what was it really interesting about, you know, is about time travel that he goes back in time. And here we are in this wild circumstance of craziness and insaneness in our life around this pandemic and we were talking about geez if we could just go back in time to some aspect of let's say normality or where would we choose how appreciative would we be to be able to go back even a month when we were able to go to restaurants and hug people and carry on with life and travel across the ocean to see our son i mean we would boy that that touched me in that way just that aspect of can't go back in time
1: yeah and that i mean we have watched this movie so many times but each time we watch it there's different circumstances around that we see different things in the movie and this time here it was really hitting in about that their world have changed now and we cannot go back and this feeling like but if we could go back and make some changes or so. And so it was really nice the talk we had after the movie about the time we're in right now. And it infused our dreams and our sleep.
0: So folks, we know that we can't go back in time. This is what we have right now. So how we show up right now, how we are with each other, the presence that we give, the repairs that we give to our relationship, the attention is so important right now. So we get to create the relationships that we want right now in this moment. We can't go back.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to say also right now we actually have the chance to slow down not change to make time for reflective time and kindness with each other and not just rush with their house repairs or vacuuming or stuff like that or watching into a screen all the time, but mm-hmm. slow down a notch and be with each other and be with ourselves. Yeah.
0: Give intention where it's important. Okay, everybody, we wish you a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care of yourselves, stay healthy, and be well.
1: Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Auxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today, faster and easier. Try it for free at auxbus.com. That's a u x us.com oxbus